0: The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. And easily stumped there by Ian Healy. And a big appeal there from Ian Healy. Oh,
1: beautiful. Yeah, there is some of his work uh, on the cricket pitch, commentated there by uh, Ian Chappell. Nowadays, well, he's the king of Brisbane breakfast radio, one half of the Patton Hills brekkie show on SCNQ. Ian Healy, welcome to Sports Day for Australian Made Week, starting on May 15th. What's
2: that? What's starting May 15th?
1: Australian Made Week, Hills.
2: Well, what? Today.
1: No, May fi- no, it's the th- no, they're our sponsor. Hello. Are you on the source? You know oh, you know we're on the oh, air.
2: Right.
1: You're not yes. out with Chris no, Johnson, yes, are you? No, I eh?
2: did, but it- no, no, he's <laughs> in America, so he's gone. <laughs>
1: no, he is. I'm right, just so saying.
2: Australia that's
1: good. Mate, listen, what do you think? Before we get into the cricket rubbish that's out at the moment, Ree, yeah. the Poms bringing the boundaries in so they can get some runs and support their Bazball concept, What do you think of mine and Satz's idea, magic round? You know, we used to have the Thursday night game, heels. We're we're proposing a parade of all the teams, minus Newcastle this year, because they've got the bye, um, doing a parade down Caxton Street for the kiddies and families to get along. You know, Wayne riding a a dolphin and some chaps leading the parade in his 900th game. Thoughts, Ian Healy?
2: Yeah. I I think we should do something in the city. Um, I don't know whether it's Thursday or uh, too imposing on the teams that are here, but um, yeah, I, I like something. We we should look at the Calgary Stampede, and uh, they do things through the town and uh, just to make a bit bigger thing of it. But but yeah, yeah bigger bigger minds are onto that. I in
0: Yeah, can't wait for the ashes heels. Uh, are you okay with the squad chosen? You you happy with it?
2: Oh, I'm okay. Um, I, I think. Uh, we need a spinner that goes the other way. We've got two off spinners, Nathan Lyon and uh, Murphy, Todd Murphy. So uh, I don't think we need two offies. If we are going to have two offies, let's get a leggy or a, a left-arm orthodox in there. Um, I, I'm, yeah, we've got more batting batting reserves on the bench than bowling reserves. Um, so that's I, I wouldn't mind seeing these in the squad. Uh, and maybe have an all-rounder and have Mitch Marsh uh, you know playing in county cricket like Ness is Mm. Um, and so you can call on him if we need to but we could be a little bit wasteful there having two two all-rounders that mightn't play and and two batsmen Renshaw and Harris on the bench as well as Inglis and Mitch Marsh so there's four out and out batsmen if you wanted them like that to sitting there doing not much and not many bowlers, only Scotty Boland and the two spinners.
0: Sporty Gavas texted in on our text line, listening to us on Two HD like he does every night. He says, "Hey, Satswoogie and Heels, how can the selectors ignore Cam Bancroft's Sheffield Shield form and hear, go hear. with Marcus Harris?" Here,
1: here.
2: Well, there's yeah, and Michael Nees are far and away the best bowler in the Sheffield Shield this year. So um, they both got ignored. Um, so that, that they were gutsy selections. Um, Bancroft's Work doesn't really thrill me in England. Uh, he gets squared up and knocked over a little bit. Um, so they might have been scared of that. Uh, he's over there. So he could be called upon at any time, I, I guess. Um, but Marcus Harris had a decent uh, shield season as well. Don't I? I think he made 500. So so he's, he's done plenty to deserve to be there. Um, but I'd probably put Renshaw in before Marcus Harris if they need to replace... Uh, David Warner, but interesting. They got two opening batsmen sitting on the bench. Are they thinking that Kruaja and Warner are a bit wobbly and shaky? I don't know.
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, we'll talk about the World Test Championship before uh, in a moment. But about these boundaries, these boundaries coming in heels. Uh, apparently, the rules state that it must be a minimum 59 meters from the center of the pitch. Edge Baston first test will be six to sixty metres. This could easily backfire on England with, with the strength of our with our batting order.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to help. I think it's a silly overthinking piece of work uh, by England people um, so, because they're they massive hitters. They they can hit it as long as anyone. So I don't know. They certainly don't need that. But what this will create is mishits going for six. So the bowler achieves uh, getting the batsman to make a mistake, and it still carries the rope, you know, which is which is false cricket. Mm. Um, I'd I'd like to. I thought the minimum, and it must be just the average, is sixty-five, and and that, you know, these are female boundary lengths uh, that they're talking. These minimums, that's what the the women play to, and you know these men are way way uh, more powerful than that. You know, Harry Brook could hit it with the end of the bat to, the, to that far. So, so they just have to be careful. It's not going to help or hurt one side more than the other. But I guess we, I think we're going to have to bowl really aggressively and get at the bodies of these Englishmen, especially the top order. So that might be what they're looking to do. Like even a miss hit pull shot or a hook shot off the nose uh, could go for six and stay out of trouble.
1: Hills Craig, <coughs> one of our callers, thinks that Dave Warner will love the short boundaries. Um, do, do you yeah. do you think he's an automatic selection for the World Test Championship and, and that will be his audition for the Ashes? Albeit, though, the World Test Championship, they're playing with a Kookaburra ball and then, of course, you've got the Duke for the Ashes series, which he struggled yeah. against in the last tour.
2: Yeah, he hasn't got a good record in England, full stop. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's an audition and he should make full use of the Kookaburra over there uh, and get himself going i've noticed his footwork is quite stagnant over the last couple of seasons so he's just got to move his front foot out to the ball better He, he just plants his feet way too early and waits for a ball to come into a zone where he can swing at it rather than move to it or in behind it um so i'd like to see his footwork become much more versatile and he'll be right then his balance will be great so Um, But, yeah, make the most of the the, uh, Kookaburra because it won't move around as much as the Jukes does. Uh, And uh, then you'll get a game. But, yeah, it's it's an audition. The first game against India at the Oval in London on June 7, I think that starts, is uh, is his audition. I I fear if he may... I don't actually fear. He's probably good enough to turn a corner when needed. But if he makes um, 21 and 19... What do they do with him, you know? Mm. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what they've done. But they've certainly got batting cover, if needed, for the first two tests uh, of the Ashes. So interesting, they've split the selections for the World T- uh, TC final and two tests of the Ashes. Then they're going to repick or add or subtract to the squad. That I've never heard of that
1: before.
0: Mm. Now, Stuart Broad, uh, everyone... Every the player that every Australia loves to dislike uh, when the ashes come around.
1: Well, he never walked when he hit the cover off that ball a couple, what a couple True. of what, about ten years <laughs> yeah. ago. He, he, he should have walked. He took
0: over from Kevin Peterson. Yeah, yeah, But
1: why would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it went to second yeah, slip he heels. Yeah. <laughs> Cars out of petrol, mate.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah, uh, but he said, no, he still don't walk. He probably he. I couldn't. You know, there was a review, the review system, and he he probably looked up. <laughs> and he thought I'm gone here, and then the ref gives the umpire gives it not out, and then he goes, "Oh well, I'll review it." <laughs> oh, hang on, they haven't got a review left either. I'm home. Here. Uh, that would have been
0: good. Oh, now he's throwing the first hand grenade over the fence with the, the comments around. Yeah, the COVID ashes was null and void, and he seems to be the go-to man when you want to get um, when you want to get some controversy around the upcoming series. When you were playing, who was the always the? who was the the odds-on favourite to to make a comment that was going to uh, spark some... whether it's an English player or an Aussie player.
2: Um, no, we got the English team and game in a pretty soft spot in our time. Um, be, be just my, my first Ashes series, Ian Botham was still in it, but he was sort of just hanging in there. Um, he would have been the one that would stir things up through the 80s. Uh, now, this was 1989... Uh, the, we'd, both countries had been through South African rebel tours and a split in our cricket. Um, and so the the England guys were quite meek and mild in our time. And, and that's why we were able to dominate them. What happened to us was I think the journalists fired us up the most. Tony Gregg wrote an article about our pie throwers, our attack. Uh, which couldn't get wickets in England. And uh, Terry Alderman started to say, oh, is that right, is it? Mm-hmm. So, so we held that against Greggy all the whole tour. And our batsmen made a bucket load of runs. So it, rather than England, it, it was really the, the journos who called us the worst to leave town.
1: Mm. Hills, before we let you go, and by the way, happy birthday for Sunday. I haven't wished you happy birthday yet, mate. What are you, 40-something now? Um, Thank you, Dave. No worries, mate. Can I something like that. (laughs) Hey, can I just... I I witnessed Hills tell a story a couple of weeks ago at at a golf club. Uh, We had a Ronald McDonald House charity luncheon. He told this great story about the comeback win in South Africa. Hills, we've got a couple of minutes. Can you relive that story for our listeners? It's one of the best stories... (laughs) I've ever heard you tell, and and the way you describe Warner, a uh, uh, warn, sorry, when he came to the crease was Warny. hilarious. Warnie when he came to the <laughs> crease.
2: Oh mate. So well, I was batting eight, and and we, we'd turned the match around. So that's for like we were we were hundred and eighty runs behind. They were basically none for hundred and eighty. After day two, we were out for hundred and thirty. They made 209 first, and they were none for hundred. I'd say they were 180 in front of us, all 10 second wicket, innings wickets in hand and three days to go. We're in a bit of trouble here. Anyway, the next day, Dizzy Gillespie gets cleans them up for about another 80, 80 runs, and we've got to make 270 to win. I'm batting number eight. Be, um, I'm i I'm walking out to bat. Mark War's out for 116. Well played, Junior. We'll be right, mate. We've got these 12 runs to win. <laughs> Michael Bevan's out there. First ball I'm out there. Bevo gets out. Oh, gee where's and I'm not in very good form. So so uh, Bevo's gone, Warney comes out the bat, and, and he goes, I can't feel my legs. And I'm thinking, oh, God, the dressing room's really nervous in there. And then I said, Warney, what's wrong with your helmet? And he says, yeah, I can't see anything out of this. And his grill was all crooked because he would have slammed it against the wall getting out last time, and he hasn't put it back on his head or hasn't checked that it was out of shape, right? Anyway, he makes three, and then he's the worst in swing batsman ever, and that's what Jacques Callis is bowling—real late in swingers—and he he hits a three, and we need nine to win, and then he gets out LBW. Oh God, now I'm getting nervous. I haven't had a hit yet, and Dizzy Gillespie comes out the bat, and Dizzy just just block this over out mate, and I'll see how I go. Anyway, he, he did that, and then uh, I happened to hit a a four. And then I, that left us five to win, and I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll fiddle something through through slips, you know, and get it down the third man for four. Surely between all of us, we got McGraw left yet. We can <laughs> make one. It was that nerve wracking. Anyway, I hit a stick, I hit a stick, so just flicked it off my legs, and and we just could not believe it. It was a great feeling. That that was it. But Warnie was a classic. He, he was that's Warn, isn't it? He rushes out, can't see anything, <laughs> slogs a three gets out, and it goes into the dressing room and probably bemoans it's his helmet's fault, you know, but yeah, it was a good day.
1: One of Australia's great victories, though. One, yeah, of, the, one people, of the great wins. And a lot wins. of people,
2: as I said on the day date, yeah, yeah, a lot of people say to me, oh, what about that hundred you made in Port Elizabeth? I made ten. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> oh, Hills, we love you, mate. Listen, we better let you go. you got to go up for breakfast tomorrow on SENQ. You and Mark Braybrook tomorrow. Big show. DCE. Uh, on the show tomorrow. So look forward to hearing that. Hills, yeah. mate, uh, loving your show and thanks for your time tonight on Sports Day. And give us a little bit of insight into those cheating poms as we prepare for the Ashes.
2: Yeah, don't be too hard, mate. But we've got
1: our got hands full beating them, but I think we can. All right, beauty. Thanks, thanks, Hills. There he goes. Oh, he's a
0: great one, isn't he? I love his his memory and recollection of every ball from his career. He knows every ball that he's either faced oh. or someone else has faced. He's, he's one of the great storytellers.
1: Uh, he, t- he put a bit of colourful language around that story at this, at this golf lunch. Was, and like he did say earlier, he goes, oh, we've got, we got McGrath in the sheds. It <laughs> will be fine. Ian Healy there, break time. Uh, when we come back, we've got a heap of stuff uh, coming up on Sports Day, uh, including a news update. Thanks to Polaris.
0: The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day. We'll be back soon.